0: Hello, welcome back to another episode of the ThoughtCast. I'm Sophie Gray, and I have again with me my good friend, Evan.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: So, (laughs) as we all know, you know, it takes a little bit to get things off the ground. I do have kind of like an underlying plan for where I want this to go. But, you know, I'm just rolling with the punches at this point. So, originally for this week, I had a guest lined up that I'm very excited to share family story um it's one where her and her husband were raised in the mormon church and once they got a little bit older and started their own family and started to kind of do some research decided to leave everything they'd ever known and move away from that um she has scheduling conflicts so she will be on probably in two weeks but for now you get us hi hooray so here we are um so tonight, I feel like let's talk a little bit about maybe our foundations in, I don't know, what do you think? The foundations in like where we come from, or how we know each other, or the adult industry, or what do you what do you want to share?
1: I'm along for the ride. This will be an adventure.
0: Yeah, get you a friend like Evan, that when things aren't going the way that they're supposed to, you can be like, Hey, are you down for some sketchy shit? Or, Hey, I need you to help me out. And they're always like, Sure. That's all I can say about that. But, um, so let's go back to like, maybe like, I'll, I'll kind of start from where I grew up to like how I got here, just like the quick and dirty of it. So grew up in a small town in rural Kansas. Um, I was one of a very few girls in my actual town because we were consolidated with the neighboring town, seven miles away. And it seemed like most of the girls my age or in my class lived in that town. Most of the boys lived in my town. I grew up a huge tomboy. I was only child until I was nine. Um, I was riding bikes, I was digging night crawlers, I was putting pennies on the railroad track, so I was going fishing, I was going swimming in the irrigation ditch, I was doing all of the boy things. So I really wasn't a girly girl per se. Um, I wasn't really in with the girls um, until really maybe later in junior high a little bit. I was interested in cheerleading at that time, which I grew up playing musical instruments and playing sports and um, then got into cheerleading and then maybe in high school a little bit. Um, But I always knew like from the time I was very young that I didn't really feel like that's where I wanted to stay, that there was this whole big world out there and that I wanted to explore it. So, especially in high school. I was like, man, like, I just feel like this is kind of a small-minded area, and I just don't really love that, and I didn't like the mentality of how everybody thought they knew everything else about everyone else, so if you don't know what's going on with yourself, ask someone, because I'm sure they've heard the rumor or whatever it is, and so then a year after I graduated from high school, moved to a college town, I've made a reference to that before, and absolutely just kind of like, I'll say blossomed, really, because I was able to meet people from all walks of life, kind of find my tribe, if you will. Um, And, I mean, there's still times and places where I'm like, "Mm, I don't know that I fit in here, but I can get along well enough, right? Which leads me to kind of like my next big move. So I feel like that was the stepping stone I needed to get out of my little hometown. But where do we go from there, right? Whenever it gets cold outside, I'm like, why do I live here? Oh, because I was born here, but that doesn't mean I have to stay here, right? Um, So I'm kind of like on this two-year plan to move to Vegas. It's my favorite city in the US that I've visited so far. Um, Love it there, love the vibe. And yes, there's more to Vegas than gambling and strip clubs and I would say brothels because that's what people think, but they're actually not legal in Clark County where Las Vegas proper is situated. Um, The glitz and the glam and the strip and all that. There's more to it than that. But anyway, I have some loose ends I need to type here before I move there. So I'm kind of like on this two year plan to get that done. So that kind of brought me, um, to my, my little, I guess, um, sheltered a little bit upbringing to that college town where again, like I get to experience a lot of different things that wouldn't have been available to me in my small town. So one of those, like, let's just drive right in was when I became a stripper. So that's kind of also how I got to where I am in the adult industry. So we'll circle around all of that. We'll get through all of that meat and potatoes, I'm sure, in future episodes. But um, there was a time when I was living in that college town where my husband at the time wasn't able to provide for us financially and my children were very small. I would have been paying more to a daycare provider than what I would have been bringing home from a job. So at that time he was self-employed, I was staying with the kids, then all of a sudden he was not there for a while to be able to provide income. Um, Our relationship wasn't good at the time. He was very controlling. So I did not have access to like the checking account. He would just ration me money for things that I needed. So now all of a sudden he's gone, right? Can't even do that. So, like, fuck me, what am I gonna do? Well, my neighbor girl, she was working at a strip club in town at the time, and she had a little girl, and she lived at home with her parents, and they said, We're not going to watch your daughter while you go take your clothes off for money. And so she was trying to like work around that, and then all of a sudden I was hit with my situation. And she was over, and she was like, hey, I have the answer. <laughs> I'm like, mm, okay. She's like, why don't you come work at the club, and I'll work on opposite nights. So when I'm at work, then you keep my daughter. And when you're at work, then we'll stay at your house. And we won't, we won't charge each other. We won't you know, pay each other. And I was like, fuck, dude, this, is real, this could really work. And while I've never really been... Shy. I mean, there are situations where I do feel a little bit insecure, a little bit shy. Um, but while I've always had a pretty dominant, outgoing personality, and not really ever been a prude, um, man, I wasn't ready for what I was getting myself into. A little bit, right? First of all, she couldn't come with me to my audition because someone had to be with the kids. So I'm driving up there by myself. I had never set foot in a club in my life. Had no idea what to expect. I mean, you see things on TV. Again, like I'm still in this Midwest town. It's not like I'm in Miami or Vegas and that's what you see on TV. Um, and you know, I asked for the manager. This man has (laughs) zero personality. Sorry, Roy. Um, (laughs) It's just very just kind of matter of fact, doesn't really speak unless he needs to. And so I can't get a read. Nervous as shit, trying not to show that, just trying to be very just sweet and polite. And I was about, I'd say at least 80 pounds lighter at that time. I'm in my early 20s at this time, right? Don't don't have all my kids yet. Um so I don't have anything to wear. I don't know what I'm doing on the pole. I don't know what music I want to dance to. Like I'm fucking flying blind here, guys. So I I walk in, ask for the manager, Roy comes up and he's like, can I help you? And I was like, hey, I'm a friend of, we'll call her Ray. I'm a friend of Ray. She said, you're hiring. I'm here to talk to you about a job. And he says, do you want a waitress or do you wanna dance? I said, I'll dance. He said, okay. He was like, go in the dressing room. The girls will help you. Someone can lend you something to wear someone can tell you how to pick out a song and then like they'll put you in the rotation and you'll go up on stage. You'll dance to your song, come back down, get dressed, come back to the bar and we'll talk. So that's all of the instructions that I had. And I was like, oh God, like I wanted to at least like chill for a minute, right? Like watch a couple girls, see what the fuck they're doing. But I didn't really get that opportunity because it was like, nope, go to the dressing room, get ready. And I was like, oh fuck. And I, um, I was in forensics growing up and like I did improv and I love improv and I'm good at improv, but it's different when you're clothed bantering back and forth with somebody and have that chemistry and that energy and making them laugh and getting that back. Right. Um, versus like all of a sudden you're in a foreign building with nobody that, you know, and thrown into this foreign situation that you haven't even like watched really to mimic. So go in the back and I'm like, hi, um i'm auditioning to work here can somebody please help me and so they're like what's your name and i'm like i don't know i haven't picked one and someone else is like i don't think these girls thought that i was gonna make the cut and if i did i don't think they thought i was gonna last very long because they were just like oh how cute she wants to be a dancer she knows absolutely fucking nothing isn't that adorable here sweetie here's an outfit here's some shoes don't break a leg. What music do you like? Oh, you want us to pick? We'll pick. Oh, you don't have a name. Let's call you Laura. Like Laura Ingalls Wilder because you're just so sweet and innocent. And I, I didn't, like, again, I didn't know what I was doing. So I was like, sure, whatever. What the fuck? So I put on this outfit, put on these shoes. You're right. When they say don't break a leg, like, holy fuck. Like it's hard to stand in them. It's hard to walk in them. Like your center of gravity is completely different. You have to learn to balance in them. It's not like a regular high heel at all. And, you know, they're not conformed to my feet because they're not my shoes. And then I had about six steps to go up onto the stage and come back down in these shoes. And when they asked me about my music, like, I didn't... I honestly didn't know. Like, should I pick something fast? Should I pick something slow? Should I pick something, like, cliche? Um, pony wasn't a song yet at that time. But, I mean, if, <laughs> if it would have been, that would have been, you know, like, oh, everyone, I'm sure, dances to Pony. Um, so this lady... was like oh honey don't worry I got you I'm gonna pick your song out and I'll tell you when to go up there I'm like okay perfect great thank you (laughs) excuse me and so she's like oh honey you're next and I'm like okay so I'm like trying to peek out the door and I'm trying to like watch this girl before me so I don't like look like a complete fucking idiot when I go up there and the next thing I know Marvin Gaye let's get it on starts playing and I'm like is this my fucking song (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Hilarious, right? I'm like, number one, I don't even know how to move to this because I have a lot of energy. Okay. And this is before I was drinking like a lot of Mountain Dew. <laughs> and I just have always had a lot of energy. So I just don't really know how to move that way, like slow and sexy and sensual. I mean, I can now. But like, at the time, I'm like, the fuck, I've only danced to cheerleading music. And then um, it's just so cliche, right? And there's maybe eight, ten people in the club, in the audience. So if it was, like, packed, right, I would feel like not all eyes are on me because they're busy. There's a lot of people. They're doing their own thing. And if there would have been, like, one person in the club, I would have been like, okay, i am probably never seen this person again, so who cares? But it was just, like, that happy medium where it was, like, nerve-wracking. It was more than a couple, but it, like, wasn't quite full. And I, again, am just self-conscious because I'm completely out of my element. So (laughs) I try to sexy walk up the stairs onto the stage without falling over on my goddamn face. And I get up there and just like, again, I try to watch the girl before me. So I see her clean the pool, right? So I walk up to the pole, all confident, again, trying not to roll my ankle, and I pick up the spray, and I spray the pole up and down, and I grab the towel, and I'm wiping the pole, just trying to get it clean, and I'm like smiling and trying to make eye contact, Hoping this song goes by really fast. And really the only two rules that I were, was given were um, you have to take your top off at some point in the song before it is over. And if you choose to go fully nude, you cannot show any pink. So you can't be like spread eagle on the stage. Those are the only two parameters I was really fucking given. So again, I, I'm just going to be happy to remember to take my top off before this fucking song is over, right? So I'm like over there. I'm not confident enough, confident enough to try like pole tricks or climbing on the pole or doing that. But I did a couple little like kind of spinny things around where my feet did not leave the stage. And then like there's there a whole like wall of mirrors behind the stage into one side. So I was like trying to work that without leaving like ass prints on the mirror because that's embarrassing. Um and then didn't really know what I was doing, but did a little bit of floor work or whatever, like got a couple of tips, got through the fucking song, and then, like again, from moving in those shoes, like it changes all of your muscle groups that you're engaging when you're moving. So <laughs> I'm going down the stairs, holding onto this rail, trying not to fall because my legs are now jello from this three minutes of hell. So I go back in the dressing room and everyone, is nice enough. I mean, fake, nice, whatever. At least they weren't bitches. And um, they're just like, oh, you did so good. You looked so pretty. Whatever they fucking said, I don't know. And gave back the outfit, gave back the shoes, put my clothes on. And they're like, so what do you think? Do you think you're going to stick around? Like, do you do you want to work here? And, I, and it wasn't really a matter of wanting to work here. It was more at that time, like needing to work there. And I had my own set of ground rules for myself. Like, if I get this job, I'm never going to drink on the job because I'm doing this for my family and I never want to put myself in a situation where I am not completely in control of my person. I may be making decisions I wouldn't normally make. I may be putting myself in a bad situation that would negatively affect my kids. Um, and I also was just, I don't know. I kind of had a stick in my ass, to be honest with you. Later in my dancing career, I did relax a little bit and I would have a couple of drinks, but I always cut myself off at midnight and then the club closed at two. So I had time to like sober up and I've never been a big drinker anyway. There was one time I went a little too far and two of the, sorry, I have this lash. It's fucking driving me crazy. Um, two of the Waitresses had to, I felt so bad because like one drove my car home with me in it and the other one followed and they lived the opposite direction that I did. And like, that was just kind of like, okay, yeah, I can't do that again. That was stupid. I'm so thankful that they were kind enough to do that for me. They could have just fucking left me there. Cause this, again, this is the early 2000s. There's no Uber. Okay. And I lived out in the country like 25 minutes from where this place was. So like that just wasn't an option. I had nobody, I had no family living there. Um, yeah, I would have been fucked so um but yeah that's how i that's how i started dancing and i i danced for 10 months that time and then i quit for a little bit and then by this time my ex-husband was home again and he was kind of missing that daily cash on the nights that i worked so i went back to the club and then when I got pregnant with my fifth child, that's when, at the time, I, <laughs> I was like, nobody's going to want a pregnant stripper. Like, that's not attractive. And I just honestly didn't feel like it was very responsible because, like, what if I did, like, fall off the stage or fall down the stairs or, I don't know, shit you create in your mind. Um, so I was like, mm, I'll quit if I knew now, or if I knew then what I know now, I probably would have kept going as long as I could do so safely. Cause that's like a whole ass like niche. That's a whole ass fucking fetish. Um, like after I got into adult more and kind of explored like kink and BDSM and like fetishes, like that's when I was like, Oh my God, like pregnant women is a fetish. Like women lactating is a fetish. Like I I would had no idea. Like bless my vanilla heart, right? So
1: <laughs>
0: yes, it's not very vanilla anymore. <laughs> but that's that's where we are. And and I know, like one of the questions in y'all's mind is probably like, did your family know? What did your parents say? Number one, I feel like we get a little too wrapped up as adults in what our parents and families think because. At that point, while family is important and you want to have a good relationship with them and you want to have a healthy relationship, sometimes what you're doing isn't anybody's fucking business, right? Because let's go back to one of my rules for my life, right? Do you remember? If you're not feeding me, fucking me, or funding me, fuck off, right? And if you are an adult and your parents are not feeding you, funding you, and hopefully they're not fucking you. Um, That's
1: a crime in every state. That, that
0: is, that is, Um, then honestly, it's not really their business. Okay. And I've had people in my family later and not about this, but about other things be like, well, I'm so hurt. You didn't tell me I'm so hurt. I'm sorry. Like, I didn't know I had to run every play of my life by you. I'm an adult, right? So let's start there. But because I am who I am and I don't know how to shut the fuck up. I did tell my parents, which my parents were a little bit curious because they knew, that my ex-husband wasn't able to provide for us during that time. And obviously like someone has to pay the bills and someone has to put food on the table. And they knew that I wasn't working. So they, they were like, are you all right? What's going on? How, how are you paying these bills? Like, are you, are you doing okay? And I told them I did, they kind of laughed about it. And I kind of, in the moment, was like, I don't know that you guys are taking me serious right now. Because that's just kind of how I am even now. Like, I'll say something to him or any of my friends, really. And they'll be like, are you serious? Are you kidding? Like, I can't tell. And sometimes it's a little terrifying. Yes. So I think at the time, I think they were like, she could very much be serious. But I don't know that she's serious. I don't fucking know. As time went on, obviously, it became, you know, they would ask me, I'd give them the same answer, or, you know, what'd you do last night? I fucking worked, you know? Um, I think they came to realize, like, yep, she's serious, but again, like, what are they going to say, right? Like, they're not paying my bills, and they have their own life, and they were living three hours from where I was, and, like, I I needed to do something for my kids. And, again, like, so the hours, like, night shift was supposed to be 6 p.m. to 2 a.m., Roy, zero personality Roy, who actually ended up being a nice guy, but I do feel like some of his personality at the club was because he's the manager and he feels like he needs to keep that straight face, whatever. Um, I had asked him, I was like, Hey, on the nights that I work, can I come at like eight or nine? Like when my kids go to bed? Um, and he was able to work with me on that. So like, my kids didn't even know I was gone, honestly. Or if they did, they thought I was just, like, you know, running a couple errands, running to the store while Ray was at our house. And then they were asleep. Um, so, it actually was, like, the perfect arrangement at the time. Um, You know, Bill do tomorrow. I'll pick up a shift tonight as long as, like, Ray can come over. Or, you know, whatever it is. They don't even miss me. They don't know that I'm gone. Doesn't matter. And then um, later on... My, my kids did find out because my ex-in-laws, when I got divorced, made sure to let my children know the kind of mother their mother was. Like, what a heathen whore I am. For fuck's sake, please. First of all, these people went on a trip to Paris in the 80s and they visited the Moulin Rouge, like the Moulin Rouge, right? And it's a topless cabaret. So, not a far cry from what we are as strip clubs in America, depending on your setting and and the rules. But, I mean, it's the same premise, right? So, they talked about how classy it was. Look, you can be a a classy whore. Like, why we got to be rude here? Second of all... Right. Second of all, it was their son that put me in this situation. And... I didn't see them fucking helping. So what the fuck you going to say to me? Right? Like I'm taking care of the children so well. Um, and, and then thirdly, like my kids were a little bit older. Well, some of them when this came out, but they're just shitty people because I remember going to my two little boys had a little league baseball game in a neighboring small town and it was on their dad's parenting time. So their dad, um, his girlfriend, my ex-in-laws, like they all arrived together at the ball fields with the boys. I came separately to watch them play. There was like sets of bleachers that were like not connected. They were already sitting on one. I sat on a completely opposite one and my ex-father-in-law, what a nice guy. Hey girls, Hey guys, look. There's the dick porcupine. And I look over at him because obviously he's not talking about anybody else there. Um, And like literally out loud, like, and and everyone's just kind of like, you know, side eyeing, like they don't really want to look, but they're like side. And and I just kind of like look over and then he goes, because if she had as many dicks on the outside of her as she's had on the inside of her, she'd be a dick porcupine. You wanna call me and say that on the phone? I'll laugh. That's original. But you wanna do that in front of my children and at their ball game? Fuck yourself. Not only is that wildly inappropriate, but you're embarrassing your own grandkids. What a dickhead. So that's just the kind of people they are. And I'm sure more about that will come out later too. But anyway, so my kids, like, you know, they're, they're basically grown now, all of them. They know, so let's, let's rate from like five to one, like the oldest to youngest kind of their take on it. So the oldest child, she acts like she doesn't wanna know anything about it, but then she like will call and like make jokes about it and call me Sophie. My second child absolutely thinks it's hilarious Um, which honestly those two older ones have considered dabbling themselves in like feet pinks, picks and shit like that. Um, but yeah, she calls me Sophie all the time in public, tells her friends about this, has told her employer about this before, has had me in her phone as Sophie. Um, she just like has run with it. She just thinks it's like the best fucking thing ever. Weird. I don't know. Um, child number three, who's a male, doesn't really love it. But tolerates it because, again, like, if mom is making money and the money trickles down, like, we'll just look the other way. Um, But some of his friends who have found out, like, they would razz him a little bit. And they've kind of quit, I think, because he would get a little pissed. Child number four, again, doesn't really want to hear about it. Like, if his friends, like, give him some shit, like, he'll joke about it now. But, I mean, it's whatever. And the youngest, like, she, <laughs> she's just kind of like... I don't really understand it but go make your money and so you know that's really the best I could ask for at least nobody like hates me or is bitter or just is upset and distraught and really doesn't understand and you know whatever but I just feel like I'm a pretty sex positive person and they've always kind of known that they could talk to me about anything and I feel like that kind of goes hand in hand and a lot of people are like porn is bad can porn be bad? Of course, anything can be bad. You can drink too much fucking water and die from water intoxication. Literally anything can be bad. And if you want to say porn harms people, because young adults look at that as sex education, and that is not real life. I saw an amazing quote on Twitter the other day. And it said, if you don't want porn, to be sex education for our youth, then how about we provide sex education for our youth? And while the schools do some very basic, more like health, hygiene, reproductive, like it's really not their job to be educating our kids on their bodies and on healthy relationships and healthy sexual relationships and what is real and what is not. And so that's kind of a little bit of a soapbox there, but um, yeah, I feel like porn can also be healthy because, for me, and this is kind of how I felt as I kind of got into my stride when I was a dancer, um, I had some situations when I was younger where I was definitely taken advantage of. And um, I kind of hate to tie that to working in an adult because a lot of people, I think, look at adult performers are like, hmm, I wonder what's wrong with her, or what her daddy issues are, or what happened to her that's not necessarily true like that i mean there can be a correlation i don't feel like that's a one size fits all but i feel like when i was dancing and then through adult work i've been able to kind of take some of my power back right because now i am in control of the situation and i am in control of my body and how my body is displayed or how my body is touched or how my body is handled um and so it just kind of is a little bit more empowering it kind of gives that power back because Honestly, if you think about it, porn is one of the only, if not the only place, um, where women get the say and women are in control and, um, you cannot have success in that scene without that woman. I mean, of course there's solo scenes and there's, um, you know, lesbian scenes and gay scenes and whatever. But I mean, really when you think about mainstream or heterosexual porn, like it's one of the places and one of the only places where women can really shine without, I don't know, society trying to make them smaller. So that's at least been my, my take on it. And I've heard this from other performers as well. Um, so not all porn is bad. Um, but, you know, anything that seems harmless can also be bad. It just kind of that's how life works. But what do, what do you think, Evan?
1: I'm just here along for the ride. You he is. You asked me to be here. I do
0: appreciate that, that I don't have to, like, talk to y'all like I'm talking to myself. At least I have someone here. An audience. It's kind of like that. I've seen this also somewhere on the internet. Is it really a drinking alone if you're drinking with your dog? That kind of a thing? I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so I guess while we're on the subject, let's circle back around to how I went from dancing into the adult industry. While dancing is a facet of the adult industry, it can still be very disconnected because when I especially started out as dancing, it was very disconnected for me because again, I'm living in the Midwest, in the Bible Belt, in what was a big town for me at the time, but in the grand scheme of like cities, a smaller city, college town. We weren't the only club, but I mean, again, this isn't Miami, this isn't Vegas, this isn't LA, so (laughs) those clubs are wildly different than what you would experience if you went to a city that's known for that. Um, And I really didn't think that I would venture into adult any more than what I was already doing as a dancer, not because I didn't want to or not because I didn't um, think I was good enough or because I wasn't interested, but because I didn't think the option was there for me. Because I didn't see myself moving anywhere. I didn't feel like I was in a situation where I could move. Um, I didn't know how to even go about it. I didn't even know at the time all the different avenues there are in adult, honestly. I just knew that there were porn stars. And how am I going to do that, right? I live in like the middle of nowhere. And I can't really like fly places. And I don't, I don't know how any of this works. And you know, whatever it was. So I just thought like, I'll be a dancer till I'm not. And like, that'll be it at some, some point in my life, I'll have a story to tell about that. But there was this couple (laughs) who came in and their names, which these aren't their real names. So it's okay that I'm using them. Bruce and Anna and Bruce and Anna had what's known as a multi-girl site where basically they're hosting girls or hosting content from girls on one site. So they ran this site. They had multiple sites. I do believe that they were running or managing at the time, but their site, um, it was swinger based because that's the lifestyle that they lived was as swingers. And they also enjoyed filming and filming with other people. So, after like they'd been regulars like for a while and we had kind of built a rapport like I didn't feel unsafe with them or whatever they had approached me and said hey don't know if you'd be interested in making some extra money like but who won it right so now I'm really my interest is peaked um but we kind of just do this little thing where we make these little like scenes from home, and we put it on the internet, on the site that we have, and would you be interested in coming over, this is Anna talking to me, Bruce is right there, and helping me suck Bruce's dick, like you're our babysitter, And, um, he gets home before I do and you guys think you have some time to play around. And then I come in and I catch you two and I'm like so offended for a minute, but then I decide that, you know, let's just all have in on the fun or whatever. I was just like, okay, like who, to me it was just, it seemed harmless. Like it wasn't sex and it was extra money that I desperately needed like who What's cares? The expression?
1: Twenty bucks is twenty bucks. Exactly.
0: It was. They paid me more than twenty dollars. But yeah, there is that old ad. Twenty dollars is twenty dollars. Um, so they're like, "Have you ever done anything like this before?" I'm like, "Absolutely, fucking not." and they're like okay well how about we meet on this day at this restaurant we'll have lunch we'll buy your lunch kind of break the ice see if you're still like down to do that if you are then after lunch we'll go to our house we'll give you the address when it's time to go over there and we'll just like knock this out we'll just take like a couple hours then we'll pay you some cash i'm like sounds great let's do it
1: cash is king
0: cash is king so i do it i meet them at the restaurant and i I'm so nervous, and like, I just don't know why, but I was just kind of like out of my element, and I was like, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe stuff like this happens in this town, like, this is crazy, and they got a little bit litty with lunch, and so I was kind of like, okay, I don't don't know what's going on, but all right, y'all enjoy your drinks, and then afterwards, I was like, yeah, I'm still down, so they gave me their address, it wasn't very far from where we were, and Went over there to their very nice, very large house. And I'm like, okay, so all y'all do is just make content and put it on the internet. And I'm like, yes. And I was like, and you live in this part of town, in this house, and you drive this, and you drive this. And they're like, yes. And I was like, and you don't have rich uncles, you don't have a trust, you didn't win the lottery. They're like, no. And immediately then that like set the world, the wheels turning in my own mind about, Wow, like maybe there are more possibilities in this area than I knew about. Like maybe, maybe there's something here. Maybe I've stumbled into something. I don't, I don't know. Like, let's see where this goes. So they basically told me how it was going to go down. We did the scene, um, had a blast. And then they're like, would you be interested in like filming another one real quick while you're here? And I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it, right? I was like hooked. And and plus like they give you attention, like I've always been a person that needed a lot of attention and a lot of affection. And I didn't always feel like there was times in my life where I got that. And so just, you know, they're both just like showering me with affection, like, you're so pretty, you're so beautiful, like, you're so good at that. And just like, I just ate that shit up. And that just basically was like, okay, this is what this is what I want to do. I don't know how to do it full time. I don't know how to really do it from here. I don't know what all I'm doing, but like, I want to do this. I've never felt more free. I've never felt more liberated. I've never felt more empowered and I'm making money. Yes, let's do it. So after that, I mean, after a year or so, I don't know, like I kind of lost touch with them. I, I feel like maybe they moved, like I tried to like look it up or whatever, but I credit them kind of with getting me into adult because If it weren't for that experience and that positive experience, I don't know that I would have like dabbled or explored or like done anything else. Um, But then also, like when you go to their site or went to their site, I don't know if they still have it, you know, would ask you like, are you 18 and over? And you'd have to click yes, or you'd have to click no. And if you click no, it took you up to the homepage of a website called my free cams. And... Um, this website is a cam website. So like if I know there's been like documentaries on Netflix and HBO about like cam girls. Um, so basically that is a site that hosts cam girls. And I, I didn't know about that either. So then that kind of, again, put the power back in my hands because I'm like, wait a minute. So I can buy myself from my house with a webcam slash laptop, computer, whatever, and an internet connection make money. I did not know that was a thing, right? So through that, I just kind of like dabbled in some different things that I stumbled upon, networked, met some people and just kind of went forward that way. And there were definitely times where I like kind of waxed and waned because I always said that I would have a vanilla job until I didn't have kids at home. I just felt like I wanted to set the example that like you work hard, um things aren't just handed to you and i i didn't want to like have them look at me like okay well yeah she's working you know just a few hours a week or she's just doing this and like you know that's the answer i i don't always agree with my decision to do that because working in the vanilla world is hard and in the industry that i work in i work long hours sometimes i'm out of town it's hard on my body, it's honest work, it is, um, you know, public servant work, it is not great paying work, it's worthy work but it'll tear you up and there are a lot of times I've been away from my home, away from my family and I just felt like what I got out of it wasn't equal to what I put into it. So now I'm kind of in this crossroads in my life where I'm able to actually like, kind of fade out of that life and out of the vanilla things and more into this mainstream. So I'm trying to find that balance right now where I'm like making the money an adult so I can leave that or not do it as much. So I have to like not work as much. So I have time to do this. But then until you're like really getting paid to do this, like it's just a whole balance I'm trying to figure out. But yeah, I'm excited about it. We had talked about, um, you know the avians that we were supposed to go to, and that's basically the biggest adult industry event of the year. Um, and so there, you know, you do a lot of networking. There's other smaller industry events around the year in different places. So mm-hmm. I'm just really hoping to, you know, just kind of rebuild, reconnect, move forward. Um, and a couple of things that are on my two-year plan to move to Vegas. Which, that is uh, one of the reasons why I'd love to live in Vegas, too, is because there's a lot of adult content creators that live there. There's also a lot of that. It really is. A lot of people have left L.A. for Vegas because of just different business things and tax things and whatever. But there are still a lot of things in L.A., but that's like a a four-and-a-half-hour drive. So you're really just kind of right there accessible to all of that. And there's a lot of industry events that I would have loved to have gone to, but I I just couldn't because I couldn't just – you know, go to LA for a day or two or Vegas. So Mm -hmm. being right there in the thick of where everything's happening, I think will greatly help. So I'm very excited for that for sure. What do you think?
1: I just put in each day and hope that eventually I will get to that point where I don't have to go into do all of the stuff I normally do for paying my bills Yeah. And have a little bit nicer vacations and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I mean, honestly, I feel like that's just kind of where society is shifting. I mean, whether it's you see those reels on Facebook or whether it's TikTok creators or Instagram influencers. I think a lot of people are realizing that when you go to college to get a degree, you are putting in, you know, four plus years depending on what you're doing to get this piece of paper and you're spending tens of thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars to do that. And usually you come out with debt and then you have to find a job in your field and your entry level. So your pain might not be that great and it's just not worth it. And especially if you're spending time away from your family, right? Cause like, what are you working for? Like for me, it's to have a nice life with my family. I'd like to travel. I'd like to provide them experiences. I would like them to not struggle so much like I did when I was younger, which a lot of that is is some of my choices. But again, like you always want better, right, for your kids than what you had. And I, you know, don't want to have to trade all of my body and all of my hours for this measly paycheck and then be too tired um, to go do anything with it, right? To go on vacation. And that's the thing. So (laughs) another soapbox moment for the haters, people who say that when you work a normal job or vanilla job that you're not selling your body, you're fucking wrong. Okay. Change my mind. I'll wait. Because even though people consider like sex work, selling your body, whatever, No, when you go work a manual labor job or a physical job, what the fuck do you think you're doing, right? You're getting money in exchange for like fucking killing your back or having like a career ending injury or like whatever the fuck it is. So yes, yes, 110%. So, I mean, let's get that straight. Okay, secondly, so most of you probably don't know how the adult industry actually works with like hygiene and testing and things like that, and we'll get into all of that, but It is such a hookup culture and such a hookup society. Especially, I feel like, with all the dating apps out there. Like, Tinder, is that really a dating app or is it a hookup app? I mean, come on. Again, I work with a lot of young girls at my vanilla jobs. I hear all about their dating escapades and what app they found this person on and all of the things. That
1: shit's way dangerous compared to work. (laughs)
0: Literally, right? These people aren't screened. They aren't verified. They can tell you or they can put on any kind of whatever they want on the internet. Um, you're going to go out there and get in a car with them possibly, or go to their house or they come to your house possibly again, unscreened and you know, no references. And then you may or may not have sex with them where you may or may not use protection and do it all again the next night or the next week or whatever. Like I just think it's wild that young girls are out there fucking for free. And these same bitches, when I get on the internet, on my adult social media and call me a whore, okay? Well, I will wear a shirt that says whore on it, that's fine. I don't care. But the thing is, like, I'm at least getting compensated for it. I'm in control of what is happening. There are checks and balances for my safety. These people are, you know, they have come recommended to me. I have checked references of people who have worked with them. I have their ID. Um, I, they have been screened, um, in some cases background checked it and we've all had STD testing within two weeks of this, whatever we're filming and it's all through an industry standard lab that we can verify each other's results. So I'll drink to that. <laughs> what are your thoughts? I'm kind of dominating this no, this show here tonight.
1: You're basically saying what I was thinking.
0: Yes. Yes. I mean, to each their own, right? Like, these girls want to go out there and hoe around and take chances. I'm not on your fucking Instagram saying shit. I don't I don't care. You do you. Is that something I'm choosing for myself? No. Do I feel like it, it might be a little bit reckless? Yeah, I think you should be careful. But am I hating on you for it? Am I judging you for it? Like, no, you do you, boo. I mean, that is is what it is, right? But same thing, like, I'm going to do me. Okay, so you don't have to agree with what I'm doing or understand what I'm doing. Or this might not be some cute truth for yourself, but keep scrolling, sis. Keep scrolling. Like, there's already enough negativity and hate out there and things trying to divide people. Like, why is this got to be the hill you fucking die on? <laughs> for real.
1: You get what you put into it.
0: Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. So... What are your thoughts on so far your experience in the industry? Like, is there anything sorry, I don't have a brawn for you YouTubers, now that we're getting this on there? Um, is there anything that you would do differently if you could do things over again?
1: Hmm. That is a difficult question. What would I do different if I could do it over again? I think I think I'd probably have jumped into, like, being more my own self, like, nah, that's the wrong word, um, like, I would be an independent talent instead of just being, like, that, like, that is making their own product f- first, like, I would have done this sooner than waiting until now instead of just being, like, oh, so-and-so doesn't have this and they need somebody that can be talent for them while they're working with them or so-and-so doesn't have a cam person right now and they want to do this crazy thing. <laughs> kind of so like the fill-in you,
0: stunt, just jack-of-all-trades.
1: Exactly. Can you, yeah. can you fill in for or, or help them do that? Like, I, I wasn't, like, an independent, like... Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because your, um, your first scene that you did for someone else... I mean cuz you had done some solo things I think. Um and I think I had put some of your work up for you cuz you didn't have your own sites at the time, but you filmed for Jen with Dirty Diva Entertainment, right?
1: Yeah. In Vegas. Andy and.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think that was definitely probably eye-opening for you because the dudes really have it so much harder than the oh. girls.
1: Because It's definitely different. Yeah,
0: we can act and we can pretend all day long. We can fake it all day long. With the dudes, like, kind of like the hallmark, you know, is the pop shot. So you want it to be on time, not too early, don't want it to be taken forever. You want it to be large if you can. And, you know, they, they have all these hot lights on them, all these people standing around staring at them. Um... You have these takes, so you have to like redo things, you know, maybe like that angle was bad, I couldn't see the action or, you know, hold on a second, I need to like get a drink or whatever it is. So then you got to like stay in the mood, if you will, or stay hard through all of that. And then Mm -hmm. again, when you're interacting with your female talent, like disconnect yourself just enough that you're not just going to like come, but it's just, yeah, I think it's a lot harder for the dudes it's kind and, of better
1: with LED lighting though.
0: Yeah, they're not as hot. Um, but it is funny because yesterday I was on Facebook and in one of my reels came a there's a game and I don't remember who hosts it. I've seen this before, but it's called Truth or Drink. And the theme of the game yesterday was it was Porn Stars and their significant others. And Nathan Bronson was on there. And <laughs> And his girlfriend was asked what something that had, like, attracted her to, like, dating him. And she's like, well, you're, like, a porn star and you're gorgeous. And he laughed. And he's like, those two don't always go hand-in-hand in, hand in porn. Like, have you, like, looked? Like, you just got to stay hard. You don't have to be pretty. And the more I kind of thought about that, like, yeah, there's some really attractive guys. But there's also some dudes that, yeah, I, I can see what he's saying. And they, like, all of them had said, too, that sometimes they picture their partner in their heads when they're doing a scene because now it's time for them to like come and like they can't do it with the person that they're with because there's not that connection or they're not physically attracted to them not that they're ugly or overweight or whatever it is but just it's just not this it's just not the same porn sex is just not the same and a lot of times it's not i mean you might get a little bit of enjoyment out of it sometimes like it feels good like i'm not going to say like it all sucks otherwise nobody would do it right but it's definitely just not the same, and usually, like, the girls don't get to come because, like, it's harder to see that, and, and nobody really cares as much. Um, They want to see you cream pie, or they want to see you, like, with it in your mouth or on your tits, like, whatever. So, it is a little bit, like, you know, more defeating, I guess, for a female because you kind of walk away like, wah, wah. Then you get to go home and take care of it yourself or with your partner or whatever you're doing. But, yeah, for the dudes, like, you're expected to – and the thing is, like, some guys, like, won't even have sex for a day or two before they have a scene just because... And then just, you know, hydrate, hydrate, hydrate because they want this big load. But then they have to be so careful when they're filming because there's all this pressure on them. And then they're, like, having sex that feels good and they don't want to, like, lose it early because then you just fucking wasted it, right? You're just fucking done. And while you can usually recover and, like, try to film it again, like, it's just not the same Um, there are times where like it gets faked a little bit, like it happens like off camera a little bit, but I mean, it's just, I definitely say dudes have it a little bit harder that direction. As far as body positions though, like if I shoot a scene, like I feel like I just went to the gym for like an entire day because you're put in these weird positions that are very unnatural and your body's not used to being in, even if you're like limber, even if you're like fit. Um it's
1: not natural it's No, you're doing it, photogenic stuff.
0: Yes, because usually you do some still photos as well of the positions because you can use that at the end to make little like teasers or if you're going to like put it on a DVD then for like the artwork for the case. So you do your pretty girl photos and then um you know when you're filming same thing like you want to open up to the lighting and the camera and you can't see what they see so it's kind of harder that's why you have to have all these takes right so they can tell you like i need you to move this leg there i need you to do this like this so it's just it's not romantic whatsoever oh,
1: no not at all
0: but like i said it doesn't all suck in it's money so yeah i don't know is there anything else that you want to add
1: I mean I can't really think of anything. You hit a lot of like the important things I was gonna say. hmm Because you took a lot longer journey and you've hit a whole lot more areas than me. I've just basically I did a couple things, loaned my dick out, that was it.
0: <laughs> yeah, guess so. Oh, so another thing I guess that we could hit on, so online platforms. So of course everyone's heard of Pornhub. And then there's like a million other like sites out there that are like it, um. So a lot of people have this um thought that they are bad because underage girls are on there and trafficked girls are on there.
1: Oh no, they like hit you up all the time. Like, is this really you still? Right. Do you, we need we need to make sure that you really submitted the right documentation for all of the people in there that they all are actually consented to be there. And, we, we need to verify their identity and all that. It's a serious thing. Right, so
0: I'm not saying that it doesn't ever slip through the cracks, or that it's not happened yeah. in the past, because definitely in the past, yeah, like, the past. things have really tightened down, so definitely yeah. in the past, especially, like, if you've ever heard of, like, the whole girls do porn scandal, like, that's awful, like bad things do sometimes happen, but that's just a little tiny minute part of what the entire industry is.
1: That's like saying brothels are evil too for the same thing. Which we'll, Um,
0: I mean, we'll touch on brothels too because it's not what you think it is.
1: They're licensed. I mean, yes, you probably have some shady people somewhere doing some shady things, but you can't judge a book by what one, or not a book, a whole library based off of what's in one book on one page, like...
0: Yeah, and we'll cover brothels, because that that is a whole ass other thing, but, um, yeah, so, like, for example, like, when, like he was saying, when you upload things, not only do you have documentation, like, you have to fill out, you have to say that when you made this, and while you're uploading it, you were not under the influence of any alcohol, drugs, substances, you were not under coercion, you um we're are breaking making,
1: the laws. Yes, yeah, so you're are, not the law where filming. you're at.
0: Um, that you are consenting. That um, you understand that you're putting this on the internet for people to see. You have to have just your face in this biometric thing that reads it, so that way, when you upload things, like it knows that that is your face. You have to have front and back of your ID. You have to hold your ID next to your face. And that's the same thing. Like if we film with other people, so that's the thing, right? I'm going to copy of their ID. I'm going to do a background check if I can. I'm going to verify them. I'm going to talk to other talent they've worked with. Make sure that they're like not assholes that try to like push boundaries. Talk about our yeses and nos, do's and don'ts. What we want to do for the scene, what we're willing to try, what we're absolutely not willing to do. And um, nego- it's in writing too. yes, it's in writing. Negotiate terms. Is this like a trade where we both have equal rights to this, and we're gonna like edit it and put it out there wherever we and however we feel, or is this like, am I getting compensated for this monetarily? Um, and then same thing, like you're watching them sign this paperwork. You have pictures of them with two forms of IV ID next to their face, and like you keep all of that because at any point in time, like. Pornhub or Minivids or just OnlyFans, any of those, any platform could come back and audit something you uploaded and say, hey, um, we haven't checked in on you in a while. Can you send us all of your 2254 stuff for that scene? And I have to, like, basically 24 hours to provide them with, like, all of those things I just talked about or, like, that shit's getting pulled and I'm getting suspended until I can, like, get my shit together. So, it's a a big deal.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Anything else you want to add to that?
1: I think that covers a lot of it. Well,
0: we are at almost an hour, so I think we're going to wrap this up for today. Next week, I will actually be traveling. I'll be in Texas, so I'm not quite sure what I have in store for y'all yet. (laughs) He won't be with me, so I won't have my little emotional comfort friend. Um, Maybe I can talk somebody else into coming on with me while I'm there. But I'm very excited, thankful, blessed to have y'all. Again, like, I'm just, you know, starting this thing out. Like, it is my baby, it is my passion. I have lots of goals for the future and things that I wanna do with it. You know, we all have a story. If you have something that you wanna use this platform to share, reach out to me. I'd love to have you, I'd love to hear your story. I'd love to make you feel heard and validated. Um I'm here to help people and I'm hoping that by sharing my story or my stories or the people I have on that somehow that makes you feel validated and helps you um also I you know want your feedback let me know what you think anything that you know I can do different or better I'm I'm here for it um, currently you can find me on Apple podcasts, on Spotify, and we are working on getting YouTube caught up. So that's a thing. If there's a, a place you would like to see me that I'm not, let me know about that. And until then I'll see you next week. I hope you have a great week. Bye.
1: Bye.